Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Stuart Sinclair Wilson. All black number 772. Born in Gore. Fluent something already on this radio show. Stu, good morning to you. I think you're in Tauranga these days, aren't you, mate? Yes, I am, Adam Tauranga. I'm God's waiting room, <laughs> what I call it. God's waiting, waiting room. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> a lot of retirement villages down here. <laughs> <laughs> Got one. There's a door with my name on it. Not too far away, Stewie. Hey, listen. Uh, forty years. Did you re- did you really think it was forty years ago? I mean, uh, I remember aspects of it like yesterday. Yeah, well, I, I do actually because uh, that on the twenty second of July, which is my birthday, um, yep. the Springboks played their first match against Poverty Bank Gisborne. So there's a, it's easy to remember the tour. And, of course, uh, again, a couple of days later, uh, in July 1981, the game against uh, Waikato at Hamilton was cancelled or abandoned because of the protesters getting onto the track. So you're a guaranteed picker in this all-black side going in. You knew you were going to be part of this tour at some point. The first test match which you were involved with, of course, was game eight. So much had happened along the way. What were your thoughts? Can you remember your thoughts about the possibility of it not happening or the possibility of what you might get involved in? Um, well, we had a crystal ball and we thought we, we knew what was going to happen within, you know, six to eight weeks' time, you know, from the first game that the, the box played. You know, probably a lot of us wouldn't have put our hands up and said, yeah, well, we'll have a crack at them. But we did. And we just hoped that uh, the police and Muldoon had made pretty clear that the police had uh, a pretty wide hand to be able to stop protesters, uh, preventing games being cancelled and preventing, getting to make sure that the, the players or, or the, the spectators that wanted to see the game to get to the game in a, in a way which was safe. But in the end, of course, uh, that didn't happen. So, you know, it was, it was one of those things where I'm sure that if I went around the, all of your blacks now that are still alive and said, you think we should have played against them in 81, most of them probably now after what we saw what happened and how it divided the country probably would say, but when, I, I probably would have said no. How much pressure did you feel under playing in those games? Because you, you knew at that time by the first test match just how much it had sort of divided the nation and, and you know, we are a rugby nation after all and it's usually the most dominant factor we talk about when it comes to sport. At that time, how aware of of uh, the split were you? Well, I was very aware because at the time in, in 81, my, 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 my then wife was a protester. 
Wow. So we had a house we had a house in Island Bay, and on Saturday I said, uh, you know, during the week I met up with the All Blacks, and I said, she said, good luck on the field, and I just turned around and said, good luck off the field. <laughs> I'd made her a, uh, a shield out of an old, um, quite a hard um, rubbish tin, put up a handle behind it. Uh, we went down and bought a, uh, a motorcycle helmet, and uh, I said to make sure you get safe because she was front line. She was up there with Minto, you know. Yeah. She's pretty. Uh, she had pretty hard views. But the thing about that, in that week leading up to that game in Wellington, where she went off to the processors and I went off to the All Blacks to have a crack at them, you know, she we got rung up. We had an unlisted phone number. I got an unlisted phone number because I was getting phone calls on my landline. Of course, not a lot of. Not a lot of mobiles in those days. And people were abusing me at night. Uh, and little did they realise that the lady beside me was actually a protester too. So somehow they got my number, even though I asked and paid for an unlisted number. So that's how strong and that's the connections that the protester movement had with through John Minto. And, uh, yeah, that's what happened. And, of course, what really annoyed me, Smithy, this all happened in Wellington. It made me so angry and so determined to to get my bit in there when I was going to play them three tests in a row. When I found out that my mother and father were walking up Rintoll Street going at the back of Millard stand to go and watch me play the first test against the Springboks, and they got jostled and knocked over. My father got knocked over by the protesters with a slice, with a, with a side-on punch, which has now become illegal. And he went down, and then they went home. I, I was so incensed by that that I said, stuff you buggers. I will play against these guys and I'll rip their throats out and I'll cause, at least I'll do my bit, do my bit for saying, yes, I'll play against them. And that's what turned me. I was getting a little bit nervous. But Jesus, when your mum and dad get knocked over by protesters just on the way to go and see their son play a game of rugby, you see, that's illegal. And that's what annoyed us. Sure, I'm... I'm I'm moved by this, uh, I mean, because this is all very new to me and I'm sure it's uh, really, really new to our listeners as well, just how close to home and close to the heart, close to the bone it was for you. Can, can I, I mean, normally, I mean, times have changed anyway in terms of uh, All Blacks getting together. These days, they, even at home, they tend to stay as a unit. Uh, so you got together as a unit. Um, what about the security around the team? What about match day? Yeah, tight, tight, really. We weren't allowed to keep, you know, you roomed up with a couple of guys in a two-door room, sometimes three, depending on how, how big the hotel is, and no doors were allowed to be closed. It had to stay open 24 hours a day, and we had um, members of the police squads, reds, blues, and whatever they were, coming up and down. They were patrolling inside and outside. You couldn't get in. It was as tight as a shark's fart, you know? And they had to because they were getting threats. You know, that's the thing. And you had to take the threats seriously. And um, so, therefore, you know, we were we had a ring around us in our hotel, police outside and inside. And therefore, because we therefore we got quite friendly with the members of the police force, and they were telling us what was happening. And they were telling us that a big gang element was was settling into the into the protesters, and it was all going to happen in Auckland. And that's when it was going to be World War Seven, and it was, and they knew that. They're not stupid, you know. They had guys inside some of those protest movements who, who were who were sending back messages to the police, and they took every threat seriously. So if someone said they were going to bomb our hotel, then we had to have make sure that no one could do that. And that's what I, and it was exactly the same with the South Africans. When you have to stay in the 
live and work and live and live inside a, a squash court on mattresses and you know on the floor for safety reasons then you know it's just pretty bloody serious Joey, can we move right forward to that uh, that test match at Eden Park? It was nicknamed the Flower yeah. Bomb Test. Uh, so much happened uh, in the course of 80 minutes, which turned out to be a lot longer, obviously, because of the stoppages. But your memories of that and just how damn hard it was to focus on rugby. Yeah. But then, you know, Smithy, I always say that, you know, you can teach someone to gain strength and fitness, but you can't train someone to have mental mental fortitude, mental strength. And on that day, all of us had to rely on our mental. We, we knew we had the ability physically and our talent would, would get us a game if we got a few lucky breaks. But it was a team that had the most strong mental attitude. We knew that South Africa always had it. Sometimes the All Blacks let themselves down when they go a bit soft in the brain. But on that day, I was so we were all determined and to make sure that our mental attitude is going to get us through this game, to block everything out. But then suddenly this bloody plane started floating over and knocking, a, knocking out Gary Knight with a flower bomb. Probably would have killed Alan Houston if it had him. Mm. But, you know, we, with that, we were more determined to make sure that we did the job. We did our job. As long as we... Imagine if we'd lost the Test Series. That would have been even worse. Having the country divided and then losing the Test Series. Having the country divided as, as violently as it was, but winning a Test Series basically just gave me a bit of breathing space. And the thing is... We knew that plane. Uh, Andy Dalton at one time when we had, the play had to stop because of that plane zipping over, he said, don't look at the plane. We all such looked at him and said, don't look at the plane. Don't be stupid, mate. That plane's nearly landing on top of us. And we and everyone could think, what happens if his engine cuts out? And he, he, and he goes into the grandstand. He'll take 10,000 people with him. <laughs> now, that, that's, you see what happens? You see, I legally played a game of rugby which was not against the law. Not. I wasn't breaking any law. I might have broken a few hearts by saying I was going to play. But the guy that drove that plane was illegal. The protesters that got into fights were illegal. You can protest legally in this country, and we still do it today. We've seen massive um, protests since 81. And if you do it legally, there's not a problem. As soon as you step outside that, that circle that says that's illegal, the cops can go in. So you see, what we did as a team, Stewie, we legally beat them, but the protesters didn't. Uh, Stewie, honestly, uh, I could have talked uh, another hour of, of, with that. You know, uh, fantastic stories. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. We've got to move on. But thanks for sharing those thoughts with us. And, and all the best down there in, in Tauranga and in the waiting room, as uh, you so nicely put it. Make room for me. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.